This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. A program for and about America's 78 million baby boomers. Here's your host, Freddie Bell. Hi, everyone. This is New Beginnings. I am Freddie Bell. Glad you're with us today. And coming up on the show, many of our favorite partners, including Label Sternbach and friends from AARP Minnesota. All this plus the words to the wise on New Beginnings. And our program is underway right now. The esteemed commissioner for the Minnesota Department of Health, Brooke Cunningham, and what illnesses are spreading right now? We've heard about the flu, COVID, and RSV, and we don't know what all the letters stand for, but perhaps you can straighten that out for us. Well, Freddie, I'm so happy to be back on the People's Station with you and Chantel this morning. Yes, um, we're in that season. It's that time of year. Every year we think about the flu. Since 2020, we've got to think about COVID, but RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, is also really rising. It is um, causing a number of hospitalizations and emergency department visits. And uh, the good news is we've got vaccines for all three. Who is most susceptible to the RSV? Yeah, we usually think about um, a number of vulnerable categories. So the littlest ones, the babies. Pregnant women, um, we like to give them the vaccine in their third trimester um, for their for their safety and, and give antibodies to the newborn when the baby is born. And then, of course, the elderly. For the elderly, we always say uh, talk to your uh, doctors and even the not so elderly. Like the RSV vaccine is recommended for adults over the age of 60 in consultation with their physician. Like COVID-19, is the RSV vaccine also free in most most cases? So, you know, Freddie, we have transitioned uh, into commercialization. Uh-oh. So these vaccines go into go back into the marketplace uh, since September. But the good news is uh, most of the time they are covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, of course, you can always call your uh, carrier. Uh, but we're saying in most cases they're covered. We're talking with Brooke Cunningham. What are some things that we should be thinking about with holiday gatherings and staying healthy? What can we do? We, we got to practice all those good habits that we that we became ever more mindful of uh, during the during the pandemic. Again, I'm going to always say start with vaccination. Right. People are traveling. You know, I'm, I'm going to be on a plane. The airports are going to be busy. We're going to be with with large numbers of family and we want to enjoy that time. Um, and I don't want to worry about it. I don't want my daughter to worry about it. And I don't want any of my loved ones to worry about it. So um, I definitely have gotten vaccinated. And I recommend that all of my patients get vaccinated. And my daughter has uh, been vaccinated. But the other things to, to, to keep in mind are, are all the good habits. If you get sick, you know, stay home. Um, you know, stay away from other people so you don't spread things to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, wash your hands. All those good practices. Uh, that we came to know so well. What would be your final thought for us this holiday season as we go into where we're seeing more people than we normally see during the course of the year? Again, we're seeing the people we love the most, right? A lot of times around these sessions, around these seasons. Um, And so we want to keep them safe and healthy. 
And and part of that is, is getting vaccinated. Part of that is, you know, washing your hands, staying home if you're sick um, and doing all of those practices. So I want everybody to enjoy their holiday. Um, and, and I think you enjoy it more when you have some peace of mind uh, that you're covered and if, if and the ones around you will be protected. Well, happy holidays to you, Commissioner, and thank you so much for always answering our call and sharing great information with the people who need it so much. Thank you for being with us this morning, and happy holidays. Everyone, Brooke Henningham is helping us to stay healthy during the holidays. It's really interesting that uh, I don't see very many masks anymore. Do you promote wearing masks if you get sick? I think people have to make that uh, decision. If you get sick, I would wear a mask. Um, people, I wear a mask if I'm sick. I, I wear a mask when I am in clinics. Um, I wear a mask. It, it makes me feel more comfortable that um, I'm not spreading uh, anything to anybody else and I have that layer of protection for myself. And I know people have, you know, different feelings, but, um, you know, even when I get on, on the plane, I'm going to have that K95 on. I understand. I just read uh, just a couple of days ago that it's not so much the airplanes, you just mentioned traveling, it's not so much the yeah. airplanes, but it's uh, the hotel rooms where it's really dry, and uh, I read where if you run hot water and you use a saline solution, that can help you to stay more healthy than about anything else. I will have to look into that, Freddie. I haven't heard that, but I will say the planes have those good ventilation systems. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, I, I'm one to be safer than sorry. And, and people are on there, you know you go sit beside the person who ends up coughing and hacking the whole time. So, yes. um, you know, I just, I like to be fully protected um, and, and just mindful that people can carry COVID and not even know it, right? And so as we're moving about, um, it is good to be perhaps the hotel rooms or something with the ventilation systems, you know, to the extent that you can increase ventilation in the spaces that you're in. Uh, that's good. That's good, too. I'm going to Virginia. I might be able to do that. Minnesota is a little hard to sometimes open up the, the window in the door. I think I brought something back from Alabama with me and I'd rather have left it there. So what can you tell yeah. people about vaccination, particularly those who might be hesitant or don't think they really need to get vaccinated? Yeah, I, I see that a lot. I think the one thing that I, I see the most is that people think the shots that they had before are, are good enough. And unfortunately, they're, they're, they're just not good enough. Um, the virus, you know, changes up. It changes over time. The old shots don't meet what the current virus looks like. So, so I would tell people, please go get your best protection to the current circulating COVID strains, uh, COVID strains that are out there. Everyone, Dr. Brooke Cunningham. And you mentioned, are you still practicing? You mentioned uh, seeing people in clinic. Are you still an active practitioner? I, I still am at the Community University Healthcare Center. And, um, and you know, I love that that is, has always been uh, my people. You know, my, you know, you got the people station. I feel like we got the people's <laughs> clinic. And, um, and I love, you know, I just love to stay in touch um, just to care for the people I've come to know. But also, you know, when you're on the front lines, you see things a little different. Wow, that's really interesting. The commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Health still seeing people in clinic. What would be your final thought for us this holiday season as we go into where we're seeing more people than we normally see during the course of the year? Again, we're seeing the people we love the most, right? A lot of times around these sessions. 
around these seasons. Um, and so we want to keep them safe and healthy. And, and part of that is, is getting vaccinated. Part of that is, you know, washing your hands, staying home if you're sick um, and doing all of those practices. So I want everybody to enjoy their holiday. Um, and, and I think you enjoy it more when you have some peace of mind uh, that you're covered and, if, if, and the ones around you will be protected. Well, happy holidays to you, Commissioner, and thank you so much for always answering our call and sharing great information with the people who need it so much. Thank you for being with us this morning, and happy holidays. Hi again, everyone. I'm Freddie Bell, and joining us now is John Schwartz. He's the president of the Center for Combating Elder Financial Abuse. John, hello, and welcome back. Hey, Freddie. Thank you very much for having me. I have a fundamental question for you, John. What is elder financial abuse? Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, How I'll answer that, uh, Freddie, is first of all, it's a predator crime. Uh, I don't call it a a family matter, a civil matter, or a bad investment. What I do call it is a financial predator that targets the most vulnerable elderly and then uh, start exploiting uh, them using their various uh, attack vectors to steal either a portion or all of their life savings, but it's a predator attack. Predator attack. So how do they go about this? Is Do they run into you at the mall or something like that and uh, size you up? How does it work? Uh, that's a great question. So what happens, uh, Freddie, you have two types of predators. You have hide in the shadows predators and hide in plain sight. So these hide in plain sight uh, predators, these are the, some of these individuals will run Ponzi schemes and they'll meet, they'll hold uh, seminars, they'll uh, bring you into these seminars, and then they'll offer you their incredible investments. Uh, one predator I want to uh, uh, highlight is uh, Scott Cohen, and not very, very few people have heard of uh, Scott Cohen. He pled guilty August 18th, 2022, to a 10-year sentence after stealing a $300 million through a Ponzi scheme that targeted retirees and military pension holders. And in this scheme, he was able to exploit more than 13,000 veterans through exploitative uh, loans. So that's just one example of an attack vector, a Ponzi scheme, which in my research I'm finding is to be very, uh, very effective. But I want the listeners to know there's an individual by the name of Scott Cohen who was capable of stealing $300 million and targeting the elderly. So you're saying he successfully stole $300 million? Yeah, absolutely. So if uh, your uh, listeners go to our website on the very front page, I have featured content and uh, his stories there. And uh, if they click on that, they'll come to the Department of Justice press release dated August 18th. That describes the title of it is California man receives 10 year sentence following guilty plea in South Carolina to fraud conspiracy. And then uh, following that, that it says masterminded $300 million Ponzi scheme targeting retirees and military pension holders. So, yeah, this guy's out there and we make this information readily available for all your listeners. You mentioned uh, to me the other day about uh, uh, Doc Gallagher, who was also in radio. It makes me kind of concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up. You should be uh, concerned. So Doc Gallagher is also on our uh, website. Uh, He was uh, sentenced, I believe, uh, November 1st, uh, 2021, to three life terms 
but he only stole $32 million. So you can go to my website and you can compare and contrast, but let's talk about Doc Gallagher. He was on Christian radio in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and he effectively stole $32 million from approximately 190 individuals by uh, putting himself out on uh, Christian radio, as well as going around various churches. So yeah, that's he used the same technique as uh, Scott uh, Cohen, a Ponzi scheme, little bit different ways of uh, reaching out to the most vulnerable elderly. So what do we do, uh, John, to stop this kind of abuse? How do we protect ourselves? i tell you what, the first uh, suggestion that, that I have is for the elderly and their family members to get together and conduct a risk assessment. The elderly in the mid-60s, married, still has a spouse, and they're active uh, three, four days a week playing golf, going to church. They're at low risk. But you take that person and you compare it to an individual in their mid-70s, maybe lost a spouse, uh, kids don't live uh, close by, and now they're somewhat isolated. Now they're at a higher risk. And the reason I say conduct this assessment, because that's exactly what the predators do. And then once you realize, once you assess yourself through the risk assessment, then take appropriate measures. Please visit the website. I have educational material on that if you feel that yourself or a family members at high risk, spend 15, 20 minutes taking a look at the information I have, and maybe that will help you develop your own strategies to protect uh, your, your loved one. So tell us the website again, and how can we get in contact with you? Uh, thank you. So our website is endefa.org, and I'll spell it. It's endefa.org. So please visit the website. Uh, there's a, a button to contact me. And uh, if, you re- if you want to reach out to me, reach out through the website. All right, John, I can't thank you enough. And thank you for raising our antennas about elder financial abuse. You, you've got me really concerned. Let's talk again real soon. Thank you, Freddie. Okay. I sure appreciate you being with us this weekend on New Beginnings. And now some information from the lighter side of my desk. A new grandmother is being hailed as a hero after delivering her daughter's baby at a busy intersection in L.A. A very pregnant Rosie Rodriguez and her husband Miguel were being driven by her parents on the 5 freeway from their home to an area hospital. That's when Rosie said the baby isn't going to wait to get to the hospital. Rosie's father got off the freeway and pulled over near the Slauson Avenue and Telegraph Road intersection in the City of Commerce. Rosie's mother was in the back seat with her and was the first to welcome Eliza Sol Rodriguez into the world. Paramedics arrive shortly afterwards and the newborn baby girl is reportedly in good condition. Park officials say a baby African elephant has been born at Disney's Animal Kingdom for the first time in seven years. The baby girl named Cora weighed over 200 pounds at birth and is now bonding with her mother. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg is on his way to having one of the most expensive personal construction projects in modern history. According to a Wired investigation, Ranch in Kauai will be the new family home for the billionaire after he purchased the land for $170 million. The compound will consist of more than a dozen buildings and be completely self-sufficient. It will also have a doomsday bunker with a blast-resistant door. Costco Gold is a hot-selling item for the wholesale brand. This past quarter saw $100 million worth of gold bars sold online. The 24-karat South African gold bars were 
listed for over two grand an ounce on Friday on the website. The sales are non-refundable. From the lighter side of my desk this weekend, I'm Freddie Bell, and we'll be right back. Get the most from AARP, including advice and support to help you care for your loved ones. Fraud prevention with tips and tools to help protect you from scams and fraud, including a free helpline if you've been targeted, a scam tracking map, and watchdog alerts via email through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. If you don't know AARP, you don't know ARP. More information at AARP.org. Thank you for listening to New Beginnings. You can stay up to date with this show. All you have to do is go to Google or to Apple and download the Freddie Bell Radio Show's app. Yes, download the Freddie Bell Radio Show's app and you'll be up to date on everything concerning this show and anything related to Freddie Bell. More to come. Stay with us. This is a news-oriented broadcast, and all information is educational in nature is not intended to be legal, securities, tax, or insurance advice. Please consult with the appropriate professional before acting on information heard during the broadcast. You're listening to New Beginnings. New Beginnings with Freddie Bell. The 6040 portfolio, often touted as the ideal retirement portfolio, has had its worst year in decades. The Wall Street Journal, Vanguard, BlackRock, and others are ditching it in favor of better options. More. Hi, everyone. I'm Freddie Bell, and now it's time to talk finance with Label Sternbach. He's Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and the author of the book entitled Authenticity. Hello, Label, and welcome back, sir. Hey, how are you doing today? Unbelievable, and you were really on fire the last time we got together, and we want to make sure that our audience knows how to reach you for additional information and any courses that may be coming up. The best way is on our website, yieldsforyou.com. That's yields, the number four, the letter U.com. You go to a website under resources. We got classes, we got uh, guides, we got all kinds of things. And there's always, uh, you know, a book appointment uh, button up in the top right that you can book a free call with us. More than happy to answer any questions you have. And of course, you're welcome to email us at hello at yieldsforyou.com. All right. And we'll do that. And for our listeners label who may be new to investing. Can you briefly explain what a 60-40 portfolio is and why it's been a cornerstone of investment strategy for so many decades? Yeah, so so the kind of the, the holy grail of, of retirement investing is that you want to be able to have a portfolio that you're not going to run out of money in retirement with, right? That That is what everyone wants. Um, so that's, that's objective number one. Objective number two is, you also want something that no matter what happens, whether it's a good year or a bad year, that you're going to be making money, right? And so a lot of financial advisors over the years have set out to try to create what they thought, you know, was was the ideal solution. And we've talked about this before on the show. Um, there was one advisor in the 90s who got together with, you know, some professors and he did a bunch of stress tests going back, you know, it was about 70 years at the time of different portfolios to try to see, to try to create a portfolio that would be able to sustain its income over a 25 year period without running out of money um, or at least, you know, running out at the end of retirement. What he came up with was the 60-40 portfolio or what became known as the 60-40 portfolio, which the idea was 
Um, what he found was that in most periods, it was able to weather most of the, the market storms. And the way it was able to do that was because you had this allocation between equities and bonds. And so typically speaking, typically, and I, I'll, I'll explain why in a, in a second, but typically mm-hmm. when stocks go up, bonds go down. When bonds go up, stocks go down. And so you have this, you know, um, dichotomy. And by, you know, putting the two together, you kind of bias yourself towards growth. And in the years that are, the market is down, you still get some growth. So either you, you know, make up for your losses or you don't lose as much or potentially you even make money. Right. And for most of the last 40 years, the 60 40 portfolio has done really, really well for investors. It's been a good middle of the road, um, portfolio for investors. Uh, the issue is, is that, you know, uh, stocks and bonds don't always move in opposite directions. There are periods where they move together. There, there was even a very long period where they, where it was, you know, they moved in, uh, it was, it was contraindicated where if you invested in bonds, right, bonds actually did better than stocks. And so you would have wanted the opposite portfolio. So my, what my, my point in saying all this is that just because something has been for the longest time, you know, for a long period of time, that it was the way to do things and it created stability doesn't mean it's going to be for the future. Mm-hmm. Right? There are, you always got to look in your crystal ball and you got to say, will this thing do what I needed to do moving forward, given the assumptions, given what I know the current environment is, right? Um, you, you know, if you look outside, right, and you look at the weather and it's, you know, a beautiful sunny day, right? And you're like, well, it's been a beautiful sunny day for the last two months. I'm going to get rid of all of my winter clothes, right? That'd be kind of stupid because <laughs> if you live in an area that has winter, you're going to need winter clothes. You just haven't encountered it yet, right? right? Just don't, don't, don't get into that false sense of security that, well, the last two months have been nice weather that the next month is going to be nice weather as well. You still want to make sure that you have that protection. Um, and so what what investors have found and what the Wall Street Journal was highlighting is the fact that when the Fed started raising interest rates, which they haven't done for the last 20 years, it kind of flipped on its tail this whole narrative of, well, you know, bonds do well when stocks go down um, because that has not been what's happened because when interest rates go up, bonds go down because your bonds be, are worth less money. Because if you have a bond that was paying, you know, 1% and now you can get a brand new bond that's paying 3% or 5%, mm-hmm. nobody's going to buy your 1% bond. So it goes down in value, right? And then when inflation is up at, you know, 5, 6, 7, 8%, and you have a bond paying one, you actually have a bond that's paying negative 5, 6, 7%, right? You're actually losing money. And so, it kind of flips the script and you got to look at yourself and you got to say, well, is my investment strategy designed for a world with the inflation that we have for the interest rates that we know are going to happen? And there was a whole lot of investors, including BlackRock, who waited until after the Fed had gone along down this path of increasing interest rates to say, oh, you know what? The 60-40 portfolio having bonds is probably not a good idea right now. Anyone with half a brain knew having bonds is a bad idea when the Federal Reserve is going to increase interest rates. If interest rates are going up, you do not want to be holding bonds that are going to become almost worthless, 
right? It's kind of like having, you know, uh, you know, all these people who had houses and, you know, interest rates, mortgages increased, right? All the people who didn't buy are kicking themselves that they didn't buy because now they can't buy the same type of a house or they might not even qualify at all. Exactly. Uh, so oh. you gave that example of the the weather. I thought that was really spot on. So for investors who are sticking their finger out the window to take the temperature, uh, who have traditionally relied on that 60-40 split, how should they reassess their risk tolerance right now and investment objectives? So the way I teach my clients is um, the way I want you to look at risk and the way that I look at risk is, I don't look at it as stocks versus bonds. I look at it as what is the chance of this money losing value, right? And what you want to have, you want to have things that have a very small chance of losing value, and you want to have things that um, that have a, a chance of losing value because they have the ability to increase in value, right? And so you want things that have that capital preservation built in, and you want to have things that have growth. And so when you look at your portfolio from that context, right, and then you look at it from the context of, you know, where we know the economics are today and where they're going to be in the next year or two, then you can say to yourself, okay, does this investment that I have, is this something that's going to be safe for the next two years? Is this going, is this something that's going to grow for the next two years, right? If you, if you, if you're buying, you know, NVIDIA or you're buying, you know, uh, you know, Amazon, and you're like, well, Amazon did really great over the last 20 years. I think it's going to continue to do great over the next 20 years. You're probably going to be wrong because Amazon is probably peaked in terms of how far it can go. Maybe it'll still go up, but it's definitely not going to have the same growth that it had over the last 20 years, right? And the chances of Amazon going down are much greater than it going up because when you're at the top, right, you have nowhere to go but down. Right. It's very hard to keep going up. But when you're at the bottom, right, how far down can you go? Um, when we when we look at, you know, like kind of safe money options, right, that's what you want your 40%. You want to have some kind of base where you're getting some bad returns, but you're not risking your capital. Money markets are doing great. CDs, treasuries, right? You can get money market at 5.5%. You can get a 10-year treasury that's paying 5%. Right. That's locking in 5% for the next 10 years. Now, when you account for inflation, is it worth it? Will that be enough? I don't know. I'm not willing to lock in 10 years to find out, but I certainly have clients who are willing to do it. And you, you want to have some kind of base, right? You know, you don't want a hundred percent to go into that and lock it up for 10 years. Cause what if you're wrong? Right. So you need to have something on the upside. And so you need to look and say, okay, what do I think is going to do well? For the next year, the next two years, the next five years, mm-hmm. right? And the fact is, is one thing I can guarantee you is going to do well is the United States economy, right? Because we have the largest and best military in the world. We make up, you know, 24% of the, wor- of the world economy. And right now we're getting back into the game of being the world's policeman. So I'm willing to bet on the United States economy. You ask me the same thing, well, am I willing to bet on, you know, the English economy, you know, the United Kingdom? No, not really. I don't know that they got their crap together. Yeah. Would I bet, bet on the Germans? Germans make great machines, but I don't know, you know, economically if they're going to be doing so okay in the next year or two. 
If you look at China, I can tell you China's definitely not going to do okay. So I'm not putting any investments in China. China's in the process of imploding. So you really want to kind of look in your crystal ball and balance safety versus growth. And you want to make sure that you're in things that have the potential for growth. Um, and you have things that are going to protect yourself so that no matter what happens, you have stability. So you're still bullish on America, even given the, given the economic and geopolitical landscape that we see right now. You're still okay with that? The 60-40 portfolio making recovery, all of this still, you're still okay generally with where we are right now? So 60-40 portfolio of the traditional bonds, I'm, at, I'm basically out of bonds. I'm starting to get into some tax-free bonds because there's, there's opportunities there and because of the tax-free aspect of it. Um, however, you know, and treasuries are good, but I'm not really going to give my money to a company. Um, now, let me say an alternative to bonds is preferred shares. Preferred shares are like, you know, they're, they're stocks, but they have guaranteed dividends attached to them. Mm -hmm. And those are paying about 6% right now. Plus when the, you know, they're pretty stable companies. So when the market goes down, they don't go down as much. And when the market goes up, they're going to go up again, not as much. But you have that guaranteed dividend. So it's kind of like, to me, uh, that's a better alternative than just putting it in bonds and loaning your money out at interest rates that you know the interest rates are going to go up. Interest rates have to keep going up. The Federal Reserve has said that they're going to increase interest rates. And with war in the Middle East, there's almost certainly going to be higher interest rates. So I would um, bonds is not the place I would want you to be unless it's government treasuries, you know, government type stuff. And you're doing it more like a money market or you're doing it for the stability or tax free or you have an equity component and you're doing it like a dividend investment. Right. That I would see as an alternative to bonds. And then on the equity side, again, there's lots of ways to invest in the market without taking on the full risk of riding that roller coaster. Do you, you know, I I don't know whether the market's going to go up or not in the next year or in the next two years. But what I can tell you is that I think the United States as a whole, our economy and our stock market, I think we're going to come out as winners no matter what, because we just have all the odds stacked in our favor. And this is what America does best. We stack the deck in our favor. So given that, uh, what what steps should an investor be taking right now? What strategies would you suggest that they move forward in pursuing? You need to take a hard look at your portfolio and you need to, number one, protect yourself so that no matter what happens in the market, you have that base of stability and you can ride it out, right? This this decline, we're right now, you know, down eight, nine percent um, from market highs and that keeps going down, right? So, you know, when you by the time you listen to this, we might be even further down. So you want to make sure that that decline that you can ride it out and it's not going to affect your ability to retire, not this year, not next year, not the year after. That's number one. You need to protect that and you need to make sure that the way you're protecting it is inflation protected. And there's lots of ways to protect yourself from inflation, whether that's money market funds, treasuries, you know, um, you know, CDs. I, I don't care what it is, but you want something that's going to give you a return that's slightly more than inflation, at least. Um, while not risking your dollars. So have that so that you can that you can you can weather the storm. Once you're done weathering the storm, right, you want to make sure that you have growth, right? Because no matter how far the market goes down, that just means it has room to recover, right? Now, 
Will every company recover? No. Do we know which companies are going to recover more than others? You know, everyone's got their ideas, but who says, you know, they're going to be right? Um, so you want to be playing the odds in that one, and you want to make sure that you have diversification with downside protection, right? Now is not the time to get greedy. I'm sure there's going to be people who have, you know, 100, 200% returns this year or next year or in this economy, right? But you don't need to be that. In retirement, we're not looking for 100, 200% returns. We're not trying to turn $100,000 into a million dollars. What we're looking to do is just make sure that we beat inflation and we can keep our, our retirement lifestyle, right? That is the key. And we need to not lose sight of that. And that means having hedged investments in the market. And there's lots of ways to do that, whether that's do, going for uh, value companies by doing like dividend investing, um, whether that's there's these new buffer type of uh, products, which, you know, there's buffered ETFs, which give you kind of a, a mixed return. There's buffered UITs, which if you want to know what those are, those give much better returns. Um, but it be much better outcomes, um, but they're a little harder to access. You have structured notes. There's all kinds of ways of hedging your protect your your investments so that you get part of the upside without all the downside. And that's really what the key is right now. Makes a lot of sense. And unfortunately, we're out of time and you've given us a lot to think about, Label. And if you like more information from what you've heard in this show and others, join us for one of our upcoming classes on retirement. Check out the website yields4u.com, yields, the number four, the letter u.com, and you can get a list of upcoming classes. And this is New Beginnings. And today is National Cocoa Day. It's a celebration worthy of the winter holidays with National Cocoa Day. What better way to warm up after a cold day outside? We've made hot cocoa with cocoa powder, heated milk and water and sugar. However, we've also used hot chocolate and cocoa interchangeably, sometimes causing a bit of confusion. There is a difference between the two beverages, but I'm not going to get into that. Just know that it's National Cocoa Day. And now, our supporting partner, AARP in the Twin Cities. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us this weekend on New Beginnings. And as we close out the year, it's our pleasure to bring in one of our most ardent sponsors, AARP Minnesota, the state director, Kathy McClear for AARPMN. And uh, we want to welcome you, first of all, and... This year, 2023, has really been one with a lot of advances, a lot of firsts, and you've done a lot of great things for people in our community and around the state. Uh, what stands out most uh, in your mind when you think about the work of AARP this past year? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Freddie. And this really was a tremendous year, and we made so many advancements uh, for for all of Minnesotans, really, but also for those who are 50 and older. Uh, a couple that really come to mind um, passing paid family and medical leave. Um, this is really important uh, in terms of providing support for those family caregivers who, uh, you know, through their place of work up to this point, have not had an opportunity to take time off to care for, for their loved ones, whether it is the birth of a child or whether it's caring for um, an adult child or a loved one or a spouse or your parents you know, in case of a very serious illness or to take time off to care for yourself in the event of a very serious illness. You know, we have 530,000 
family caregivers providing $10 billion a year in unpaid care mm. uh, to their loved ones. And this will be really a tremendous asset to be able to um, have that time to take off work to be with their loved ones when they really need it. So that paid family medical leave is really a, a big one for us. The other one is um, secure choice. And we know that right now, um, 750,000, approximately 750,000 Minnesotans do not have a way to save for their future financial security. They don't have access to a retirement savings plan at work. And through Secure Choice, those individuals will have the opportunity to um, have a plan in place where they can save for their future. So these are really, really important issues. And we're so tremendously proud for um, all of our uh volunteer advocates who really work tires, tirelessly to get these issues across the finish line. We're talking with Kathy McClear, taking a look back in 2023. What's coming up for 2024 and where we, where will you be focusing your attention? Yeah, well, um, the work never stops, right, Freddie? Of so course. another very ambitious year coming up and we're going to be working on a couple of housing issues. We know that there are um, things happening in Minnesota with unfair real estate practices where uh, certain organizations are um, locking people into very, very long agreements to sell their homes and it just becomes very problematic and is, is a predatory practice. And so we'll be working on trying to rectify that. Um, we also know there's been some, you, you probably heard in the news, issues with home equity theft. And so um, folks who maybe um, lose their home um, because they haven't paid their prop their property taxes, um, and when that property gets sold, making sure that um, those those revenues from that sale um, that once those property taxes and once those uh, those other expenses are paid, that the remainder goes back to the individual, um, and that that's not being taken by a government entity. So, working on that, um, working on some caregiving issues. Caregiving is still a really important. Uh, important issue for us here at AARP. And then um, working on potentially some, uh, we, you know, we talk about fraud a lot on this program, working on a restitution program, because as you know, when mm -hmm. someone that becomes a victim of a fraud or a scam and loses money, they very frequently do not get that money back. And so this would be a restitution fund um, that would help, uh, help, help alleviate some of those uh, challenges and provide relief for, for those who have been victims of scams or frauds. A lot of work for AARP Minnesota. And for those who are looking for information about the general work practice of the organization or if they would like to contact you, uh, do, is there a resource? Absolutely. Folks can find out more information about all of this at aarp.org forward slash MN. And I would encourage folks, if you have an interest in making life better for your friends and neighbors, join us as a as a volunteer advocate. Kathy, it's been a great 2023, and we look forward to 2024 with even more initiatives and more conversations. Thank you, Freddie. That's Kathy McClear, and this is New Beginnings. Happy weekend to you, and it happened this week in 1803. The United States purchased the Louisiana Territory from France for $15 million. In 1928, mail delivery by sled dog began in Lewiston, Maine. In 1957, Elvis Presley received his draft notice calling him for service in the United States Army. In 1980, NBC broadcast the football game between the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins without any announcers in the booth. The only sounds heard during the telecast were crowd 
loud and field noise. In 1988, ABC News anchor Max Robinson died from AIDS-related complications at the age of 49. Robinson was the first black anchor of a major network newscast. In 1996, astronomer Carl Sagan died at the age of 62. 1997 saw President Nelson Mandela stepping down as leader of South Africa's governing African National Congress. In 1999, country singer legend Hank Snow died in Nashville, Tennessee. He was 85 years old. And in 2015, Steve Harvey announced the wrong winner when crowning Miss Universe 2015 in Las Vegas. Harvey named Miss Columbia as the winner, but she was actually the first runner-up. Miss Philippines had previously been named the first runner-up, but was actually Miss Universe. Did you follow that? Steve Harvey apologized after Miss Columbia had already been given the crown and the sash. It happened this week, and I'm Freddie Bell. Get the most from AARP, including advice and support to help you care for your loved ones. Fraud prevention with tips and tools to help protect you from scams and fraud, including a free helpline if you've been targeted, a scam tracking map, and watchdog alerts via email through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. If you don't know AARP, you don't know ARP. More information at AARP.org. Thank you for listening to New Beginnings. You can stay up to date with this show. All you have to do is go to Google or to Apple and download the Freddie Bell Radio Show's app. Yes, download the Freddie Bell Radio Show's app and you'll be up to date on everything concerning this show and anything related to Freddie Bell. More to come. Stay with us. As New Beginnings continues, we now take you to the spirituality portion of our program, where we introduce the Senior Minister of Unity South Twin Cities, the Reverend James Stacy. We now join Reverend Stacy with a program already in progress. And when he was coming over that horizon, kind of, if you remember the great movie Gone with the Wind, when Leslie was coming home and Scarlet saw him from the porch of the house far off and they begin running and the music becomes dramatic and they run to each other to embrace. Well, Jesus invented that scene first. The son was coming down the road and the father saw him way off. The father was filled with love and compassion and joy. The father ran down the road to greet him. He didn't stand there at the front door of the house. He ran as fast as an old man can to greet and welcome his son who had been lost. And then he called his servants and said, bring the best cloak and put it upon him. Bring a fine ring and put it upon his finger and prepare the fatted calf that we can feast tonight for my son who was lost has come home. Well, if you remember that story, there's a little backstory to it. That older brother 
The older brother refused to go into the party room. He stood outside moping. The father went out to see him and said, Son, we're having a feast, a celebration, come in. And he said, No, Dad. I have stayed on your estate my entire life. I have done everything you expected of I've worked hard. My brother takes his inheritance, runs off, spends it on loose women, as the phrase says in the Bible, lost it all, and comes home. And what do you do? You put the best clothes on him. You give him the family ring and crest. And then you slay an animal that there might be a great feast. You've never even given me a little old goat to roast for a party with my friends. And then the father replies, You've, you've always been with me. You've always been loyal. You've always done the very best for me. But remember, all I have is yours. If you would just ask, all I have is yours. If you would just ask. Which apparently, in his workaholism, the older brother had never asked the source, his father, for a celebration. I've been there. I've been resentful. Struggled. Thinking to myself, that's not fair. But I never asked for help. I never asked for what I desired. How can the prodigious father, the great one, the mighty one, provide for me when I don't even ask? Those of you that have studied unity many years and our early great teachers like um, Emily Cady, the Fillmores, and others, they always stress the principle in your relationship with the source of all good, demand must precede the manifestation. The demand must precede the manifestation. No demand, no manifestation of good. We have to ask. The older brother apparently never did. So in this story, Jesus illustrates the heavenly Father and his greatness by that earthly prodigious Father who threw open his arms, ran down the road, met his son more than halfway, received him, loved him, provided new and greater good for him. 
Jesus was trying to get that across to people in his day, most of whom were not very wealthy and doubted that Yahweh, the God of their people, would even be mindful of one of them and their request. It was sort of like that older son. Well, God knows I need to eat. God knows I might have some dreams and desires. If He cares for me, maybe someday He might send a little stuff, a few goodies my way. But not asking in faith of the infinite Father, of the prodigious, exceedingly generous Father. Help me. Well, here's a little story of how I experienced this. A little bit comical in its odd detail. My father, like the prodigious father, was embracing, loving, and empowering. One way he expressed that is he would always meet me halfway. Son, you asked the question. I'll help you find the answer. I won't answer it for you. Many a time, I would say, Dad, what does this weird word prodigious mean? And he'd point. He didn't even have to say anything because in the corner of our living room was one of those dictionary stands with his father's dictionary. It was about that thing. And that meant, I'm not going to tell you. Use your ability. Consult that word source. Find your answer. I wonder what he would have done with that opening statement. What is the question that your life is the answer to? You just heard a message coming from the Reverend James Stacy, the Senior Minister of Unity South in the Twin Cities. More information is found at their website at unitysouth.org. Here are today's words of the wise. It pays to believe in miracles. It underscores the transformative power of optimism and faith. This phrase suggests that maintaining a positive outlook and embracing the possibility of extraordinary outcomes can lead to unexpected rewards. By fostering a belief in miracles, we can not only navigate challenges with resilience, but also we can open ourselves to opportunities and positive shifts in our lives. This principle encourages a mind said that goes beyond mere optimism, and yet it asserts that having faith in the extraordinary can be a catalyst for personal growth, resilience, and unexpected benefits. It pays to believe in miracles. That's our show, and thanks to our special guests for stopping by and sharing information that we hope can change lives. 
If you missed any of today's show, you can subscribe to our podcast or just Google Freddie Bell or stop by my website of the same name. Thanks for listening and remember that each day is a chance for a new beginning. See you next week.